0: Tatia. And I'm Rin. And we're here at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts.
1: And on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of the podcast.
0: Woohoo!
1: Mm hmm. Well, all right. This week we're going to talk about herbal tattoo care.
0: Yeah, that's pretty exciting, actually. Uh, we like tattoos and we have a lot of tattoos.
1: We do. We do. Uh, uh, somebody in this podcast tent here has spent uh, several eight hour sessions <laughs> uh, getting her tattoo done. <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah, I, uh, there's, I, your,
1: there's your cred for you.
0: Well, <laughs> I, so I have a tattoo that goes the whole length of my body and I'm six feet tall. So it's a big tattoo. It took
1: a minute. You know? It took
0: a minute. <laughs> yeah.
1: We should probably count out the number of minutes, but, uh, another time. Oh, I think we should.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you know, but now that things are, well, oh, do we even say this? Things are opening back up again. Not mm, on wood. Like, like maybe you're going to go get that tattoo you've been waiting forever to get, right?
0: So we thought we would share some ideas about tattoos, but first...
1: But first, we want to remind you that we are not doctors, we are herbalists and holistic health educators.
0: Uh, Ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States, so these discussions are for educational purposes only.
1: We want to remind you that good health doesn't mean the same thing for everyone, Good health doesn't exist as an objective standard. It's influenced by your individual needs, experiences, and goals. So we're not trying to present a dogmatic right way that you should adhere to.
0: Also, everyone's body is different, so the things that we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but we hope that they'll give you some good information to think about and some ideas to research further.
1: Finding your way to better health is both your right and your own personal responsibility. This doesn't mean you're alone on the journey, but it does mean that the final decision when considering any course of action, whether it's discussed on the internet or prescribed by a physician, is always yours to make. All
0: right. All right. Oh, you know, also this week, um, we decided to sponsor the podcast ourselves this week, actually, because... I think that most of y'all know that we have a whole online school because we do mention our courses sometimes. But I don't think we've ever really taken a minute to share about our program kind of a little more intentionally.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. So today we want to do that by sharing with you some comments from one of our students, Mackenzie, who was sharing what she likes about our school. And she says,
0: (laughs) Uh, Commonwealth Herbs is my favorite herb school that I've tried, hands down. I'm currently working through the family and community herbalist course uh, programs concurrently. First of all, I love that the courses never expire. I have a two-year-old son plus work and general life duties, and that makes studying herbalism really difficult sometimes. But with the layout that you guys have provided, I've been able to make time to watch and listen to the videos in any way that works for me without feeling like I need to rush through everything. I love the way that you and Rin are so relaxed and down to earth in all of your videos while still being super informative. <laughs> it's especially helpful that you each share your personal experiences about the herb or the topic that you're discussing.
1: Wow, this is very, this is pretty nice actually. I'm <laughs> hearing this for the first time. <laughs>
0: okay, she goes on to say. When I listen to you talk about herbs, I just feel so inspired and supported through my herbal journey. Mm. And I just love how you both are so open about answering our questions, especially with the live question and answer sessions every week. It's also very helpful that we're able to type questions into whatever lesson we're working on and pretty much get a response right away. And you guys have reminded me that learning herbalism isn't just about books and videos and stuff. It's also about actually making medicine and spending time outside and maybe gardening and whatever else helps me to feel connected to the plants as well as to my own body. Mm -hmm. And I feel supported to actually do it. My goal is to practice clinical herbalism, and I feel like that's actually really possible if I continue my journey with Commonwealth Herbs.
1: Wow, this was great. This is exactly what we want people to be experiencing out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So first off, thanks Mackenzie for sharing that, but but yeah, this is this is how we want people to feel. And so I'm pretty excited to hear that Mackenzie feels this way.
1: Yeah, and you know, especially that last part about the goals. Uh it is possible, right? That's our whole point, really. We want you to not just have some entertaining distraction, although <laughs> we can provide that sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, But to really be able to do what you want to do with herbs, you know, and so if that's to take care of your family, we want to make sure that you can do it. Uh, If it's to build a clinical practice or start an herbal products business, we want to make sure that you can do that. So we have lots of ways for you to get directly in touch with us to answer your questions and to get you the support you need.
0: And also we have mentorship programs that will take you beyond just learning, but straight into your first years of being in clinical practice or running your business so that you're really never alone in this. You always have our support and a whole community to lean on.
1: Yeah. So uh, what do you want to learn how to work with the plants in your garden or in the woods around you? Or if you want to start a whole new career? Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably like our school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we made a special coupon just for our podcast listeners. You can get $50 off your first course. Uh, Just put in coupon code PODCAST when you check out, and you can find all of our courses, um, also including some free ones that you can try first, Mm -hmm. at online.commonwealthherbs.com.
1: Yeah, that's where. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about tattoos a little bit, you know, um, and just a, a, a couple little tidbits of history here for a moment.
0: Because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, first, like many, many plants have had uh, a historical or, or a traditional association or involvement with tattooing. Um, all kinds of different things, including like the spines from prickly pear cactuses, because you do need... Needle. (laughs) Yeah, you do
0: need a pokey bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Right? Uh, Well, speaking of poke, right?
1: (laughs) Poke, you know, it makes those dark purple berries. Mm. And uh, if you ever thought, hey, that's ink, well, turns out you actually can tattoo with poke ink and it'll stick around for a while.
0: Yeah, it's not like um the kind of tattoo you imagine today, mm-hmm. but um it does it does you can get pigment under your skin that way. Yeah. Um you know, Atzi the Iceman who is one of my favorite uh characters in history. He's <laughs> uh if you haven't heard of Atzi the Iceman, he is um a a like not mummified, but, like, preserved in an iceberg uh, mm. human from about 3300 BCE. Um, And we've learned a ton from this poor fellow who got got trapped in an iceberg.
1: Yeah, and possibly murdered first. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, poor so, Yeah, that was rough. But one cool thing is that he had tattoos. Um, and these were short lines that appear to be on meridian points and this was about 2000 years before those meridians were documented in China. Of course, that doesn't mean that
1: the idea, the concept, the map, you know, didn't already exist.
0: Right. It's just that that it was before it had been written down. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kind of. And, you know, he was found in the Italian Alps. So it's a little way over there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. So it just, it, it really tells me that like, you know, when we think about written history or, you know, we look at Asian tradition, traditional Asian medicine as like some of the oldest recorded um, history of medicine, we need to remember that that wasn't really the beginning. Like just because people didn't write it down before then doesn't mean that they weren't working with it. And and like, of course they were working with it (laughs) because then later they wrote it down. So I would expect that also throughout Asia, they obviously had that, that uh technology knowledge whatever around the meridians mm. uh much earlier as well
1: yeah uh well you know when we uh, think about herbal history we're often interested in well, what did the physiomedicalists do about it so these are some folks from around the 1800s and uh so I went and i checked and i found a, a couple of things i found one i wanted to share it was a reference from 1897 uh about oak uh in a but actually a a particular um, expression of the oak, let's call it, (laughs) Uh, in a process for removing tattoos.
0: Okay. So first off, before you even start, this cracks me up up because it's like, well, even in 1897, people wanted to remove tattoos. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole process though, right? So this is from a book called Physiomedical Therapeutics Materia Medica and Pharmacy by T.J. Lyle. And uh, he's writing here about oak galls, actually. So the the text says, The excrescences upon the young branches formed by the puncture of a fly, and immediately thereafter the deposit of an egg. The egg hatches, the fly grows, and finally escapes. Uh, But then this remains, right? And he says, These excrescences are denominated nut galls, and from them is obtained acidum tannicum. It's a very Harry Potter situation here, but <laughs> uh, a pure astringent without the stimulation. So he's contrasting it with other astringent herbs, like for instance um, bayberry, which is one they would have worked with and considered both astringent but also with a, a stimulatory effect on the on the tissue underneath. Um, describing this as being different in not having that latter effect here, right? Mm. Uh, it says tannin may be used on a bleeding surface or used internally for hemorrhages and for diarrhea. And then a little later, there's this comment. Tannin has been successfully used to remove tattoo marks, but listen here. Cover the parts with a saturated solution of tannin and pick into the skin. Then, rub with lunar caustic, we'll come back to that, and allow to turn black.
0: Black? Wait, what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, wash off the excess. It will pain for some two or three days. In 14 to 18 days, the scab peels off and leaves a pink surface, which disappears in a month or two.
0: Uh, Sounds great, huh? (laughs) I I don't think this is a good idea. (laughs) Sign me up for that one.
1: Uh, Lunar caustic, by the way, is silver nitrate, um, which they would have in these kind of little sticks. And they would uh, kind of like wet an end and then rub it on the the body and it would cauterize the tissue.
0: Like a chemical cauterization. Chemical burn, yeah. So that's actually uh, just as a total tangent here. That is something that's worth knowing that right around the turn of the century, and I know that we just had another turn of the century to get to the 2000s, but like (laughs) still in my life, turn of the century refers to like 1900. I don't don't know. I guess that's because I'm old. Um, But right around that period in time, um, if you're reading the old herbal texts, it wasn't all herbs. A lot of stuff was like I want to say adulterated because that's my bias, but actually they would say formulated, um, mm. with some pretty dangerous chemicals actually. sure. And so it is important to recognize that. And then to, to be really clear, like, Oh, I think that's a formula. I don't actually want to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, interesting that we could take some really, uh, purified astringency out of oak, uh, with the help of some bugs, and then uh, <laughs> and then use that on the skin to prepare for a, a cautery burn. But let's not do that.
0: Let's not do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, it is worth knowing some about tattoo removal techniques. Um, though actually, like before you get a tattoo, mm. because that's going to help us to understand what's going on when you get one, right? Mm. If we understand how you unget one, like how you remove <laughs> one, then that that does tell you something about what's going on. So. If you're going to get a tattoo laser removed, what's happening is that they're using the lasers to break up and dislodge the pigments. Hmm. Um, and then your immune system can more easily sweep them up um, through through the lymphatic channels. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can basically um, construct your laser in different ways or like use different materials to create the kind of light. And then you can change the, the color or the, the wavelength of it. Uh, in various directions, and what they'll do, ideally for this, is like try to find a wavelength that will preferentially excite the ink, but <laughs> hopefully not damage your skin too much. Too much? Yeah, I yeah. mean, too much more than it, it absolutely is going to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so uh, so then those pigments get taken into the lymph and removed. But the definition of remove here is kind of unclear. It does leave the tattoo, mm. um, but it's not like your poop is going to turn whatever color your tattoo was. <laughs> um, and honestly, it might be that you just move those pigments somewhere else in your body and kind of keep them there. And that's actually kind of unclear to me. But we do have this cool naval medical guide from like 1913, I'm pretty sure is the date on that. And in that guide, they were talking about tattoos and tattoo removals. And they were talking about on autopsy, finding um, the organs of elimination that had like accumulations of tattoo ink in them.
1: There was a comment about, like, lymphatic channels in the thighs um, yeah. and, and nodes, uh, like, around the groin area that had kind of been saturated with tattoo ink.
0: hmm mm. <laughs> um, Okay, so, uh, but if this sounds a little judgy or something, please remember, we have a lot of tattoos. We're not judging. But, but I just feel like, you know, I mean, uh, we don't fully understand how tattoos work. And, like, yeah, there's probably some suboptimal health aspects of getting tattoos. I'm not like blind to that. I just really like them anyway. Um, So whatever it is. All this stuff is really fascinating. But the part here that is really important uh, is that when you are removing a tattoo, what you're trying to do is get your lymphatic system to carry those pigments away. Right, right. And that's important because if we're thinking about getting a tattoo and then healing that that spot and we are herbalists then we need to realize that many of our healing herbs have lymphatic stimulation action and that's not really desirable when we're healing a tattoo right yeah. if we stimulate that lymphatic movement we might clear away some of the ink instead of letting it set so when we're thinking about how we want to work to heal the tattoo in a way that takes care of the skin but keeps the tattoo looking really good, mm. then we need to be really thinking ab- carefully about which herbs we might choose to work with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, we're going to come back to that thought uh, again. So for now, let's just say before your tattoo,
0: Yes, there, there's some
1: things to think about. There's
0: some pre-tattoo checklist uh, <laughs> work to be done here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we want to say some things here, like know your artist, you know, be able to trust your artist, Mm. uh, whatever that means for you. Sometimes you do want to wander into a shop off of a street and be like, well, I don't know. Let's try something. (laughs) Yeah, there's
0: something wrong with that. Just just wander into a reputable shop.
1: yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, be able to trust your gut. Right. Look around and say, hmm, what's going on in here? Uh, how do these people strike me? Is this a groove that I want to get into? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of yeah. thing. But not just art-wise, actually, right? Um, we are interested. Yeah,
0: definitely art-wise because you're gonna live. You're gonna <laughs> live with this design. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... I, I
1: trust you to to understand the permanence of what you're embarking upon here, yeah, my friends. I, I trust
0: you to be a good artist and put a pretty picture on my body. <laughs> yeah,
1: right on. Right okay, on. but also, yeah, it is a collaboration, right? So, but you know, we're thinking also like, are they familiar with working on? the kind of skin that you want to get worked on. <laughs> mm. Right.
0: Yeah. I have, um, a bunch of aircosities, and I do have a tattoo that is, it, it starts from the top of my foot. And so it does go through that area. And I had to work with a tattoo artist who was willing to take some time to make sure that we would avoid areas that shouldn't be, Um, you know, beat with a needle for an hour, Mm. and also, like, what areas would be safe to tattoo on and what wouldn't, Um,
1: you know... Kind of a balance, too, because you could imagine an an impulse to be like, well, could you just tattoo over and cover up all of the darkest spots with the most pooled blood in them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this was your your awareness of why that's not a great idea but also the artist's awareness of why that's not a great idea coming together and saying all right we can navigate around them
0: yeah you know, i can... mean and some of them we were able to cover but mm-hmm. then some of them we were like mm, that's not a great idea in this particular spot mm-hmm. because um because again it comes back to healing like you do if there is a varicosity in a bunch of pooled blood that maybe you've had for a couple of years, that's an indication that that area is not healing well. Mm. And so it wouldn't be a fantastic idea to then choose to injure that area because a tattoo is an injury. Mm. um, And and so we want to be careful about choosing the places where we put them and make sure that we're choosing places that can heal well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it's really important that your tattoo artist will talk to you about that and not just be like, Hey, whatever you want, you know, like, but Mm. actually... Push back a little and say, listen, this spot isn't such a great idea. I,
1: yeah, if that happens, be you know, grateful, <laughs> you
0: yeah, know?
1: be like, oh, great, thank you for watching out for me because I was really committed to the, just having that go exactly there, yeah, and now we're going to figure out another way to do this, you know.
0: You know, there was a guy who came in when I was getting my last tattoo, and um, I could hear him talking to one of the other artists, and he had um, a, a just really um, pronounced edema in both ankles and, um, and mentioned that he was diabetic and he wanted to get a tattoo, a kind of large one actually on his ankle. He'd never had a tattoo before. Um, and, uh, the artist had to say, um, I'm perfectly happy to tattoo you, but we really can't tattoo you there because it's just never going to heal. Right. Like Already, there's so much edema there, like it was really, really puffy. So also, that would have been super duper painful. Although, mm. if you're getting a tattoo, like okay, it's painful. That's fine. part of it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, because that area would already be so sensitive. But that's an indication that that area is not being nourished. Is not like it's it has poor circulation. We're not getting the stuff there that is required to do the healing. So it wouldn't be a good idea to try to tattoo that area. And so the person was like, you know, this is a great design. I'd be happy to tattoo it on you, but we need to do it in a different spot on your body where you're going to be able to heal this. And um, so even though that can be disappointing to hear if you really have your heart set on something, it's important to hear and it's important to work with an artist who's going to tell you that and be really honest about it.
1: Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, there can be these aspects around, like, skin health um, Mm. and suggestions around that kind of thing. There might also be experience questions, you know, about have they tattooed on on your skin tone before, right? Yeah. Um, There can be a difference there for sure. And that can be color, but that can also be, like, the degree of moisture that you have in your skin. If you have pretty dry skin, maybe you feel like, I don't know, maybe I can't even get a tattoo done. Um, Would I react with too much inflammation? How's that going to go down for me? Mm -hmm. Um, But some experienced artists have been around and seen a lot of different things and might have some ideas around how to compensate for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: You know, there's also, it's also worth talking about the inks themselves Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because inks in the U.S. are not regulated. Um, They are becoming regulated in the EU, um, and it's pretty cool that tattoo artists are are fortunately being involved in that process. Mm. I, I think that's important because, like, if you're going to regulate something, then you should be co- collaborating with the people who are working with that tool every day. Yeah. Um, but in the U.S., they're not regulated yet. So what that means is to make sure that that's something that your artist is thinking about. Um, to maybe research the brand of inks that your artist likes, Hmm. ask to see pictures of healed tattoos that that artist has done, not just a fresh picture, but the healed ones so that you can, you can see that they really are, you know, going through that full process, Um, And if you're a person with a lot of sensitivities, you can ask to have a tattoo, like a test tattoo of all the inks that are planned for your tattoo. And it's worth doing each ink if you are a person with a lot of sensitivities because the different pigments, the different colors are differently reactive. Um. Right.
1: right. So what you'd do here is you would get like a tiny little spot, um, you know, or a series of short lines, you know, of each of the different uh, ink colors that, that you're planning to involve in, in your finished design. Uh, do it in some spot uh, where it won't show too much to make sure that you don't react. Right. Mm. Um, it, this might be in an area that's later going to get covered up with a black line or, or just covered up by the design that you've got planned, If if that's in a... Non-obtrusive area also, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you
1: know, but it gives you a chance to see like, all right, so I got the needle done. I got the ink in there. It's settling into the tissue. Let's see how it reacts, mm-hmm. you know? And so you could take some time before the, you know, main event <laughs> to, yeah. to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah. Um, if you are a person who is really reactive, then it's worth knowing that red pigments are the most likely to cause irritation, hmm. so if that concerns you, then you can plan a tattoo that doesn't involve red ink. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Some other things to do uh, in the before time is to moisturize your skin extra uh, for for not just like the day of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not too
0: late on that. Not day. for like,
1: oh, I'm having this done in three days. I'm going to start now, but for some time before, for mm. a couple of weeks beforehand, you know, um, skin. Is interesting because it will respond pretty immediately to things that we put on it, uh, but for that response to kind of stick and become the new normal, that can take more time.
0: I mean, the whole point of a tattoo is to get deep into the layers of the skin, and if you moisturize today you didn't get deep into the layers of the skin, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to and and the moisturizing is important just because it, you can think about it like with a sunburn too. If your skin is already super dry, mm-hmm. you are so much more likely to burn because you're already like a burn is like dr- going through that process of drying out. Mm-hmm. Um and and actually a tattoo is a lot like it has a lot in common with a with a really bad sunburn. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. Parts of the healing process. are really like that. Yeah. Especially the peeling one. <laughs> yeah. <ew. laughs>
0: I hate that part. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so moisturizing with a really good quality moisturizer, I prefer to make it myself, um, is, is really important to get that skin to be its best quality.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A tattoo will cause a bunch of inflammation, right? You're going to need to clear that. You're going to need to, uh, allow enough inflammation that the normal healing and the necessary healing can take place, but not so much that it goes on too long or even interferes with the way that the color sets in or uh, the way that it heals. So as always, we just want to make sure that the body has all the resources it needs to get that job done. And there's lots of things we can do there, uh, but it really starts with laying off the sugar and the junk food, doesn't it?
0: Yes. (laughs) And it's not even, you know, like it's not that you need to take a bunch of herbs to reduce inflammation in your body. It's it's not that. It's just like, hey, a tattoo is like voluntary inflammation, right? It's inflammation that is going to happen because you made an optional choice. And there is nothing wrong with that. But candy creates optional inflammation as well. And like your body can only handle so much you think about like you're going out for the day and you're getting your backpack ready or your bag or whatever like and you put a bunch of stuff in it and then you're like oh this is really heavy like do i really need all this stuff maybe i'll take a little bit out Mm -hmm. and it's the exact same thing here like it is fine to have some candy sometimes if you want to or a little bit of junk food sometimes like that doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't make you unhealthy but if you're going to uh put something really heavy into your bag like a tattoo Mm -hmm then, um, you know, don't put a bunch of other heavy things in your bag today. Make some
1: some room in there. Yeah, make some room in there. Right. So
0: just give yourself like a week of eating really well and avoiding junk food and avoiding sugar.
1: And resting up, you know. Yeah.
0: Make sure you get enough sleep going into this process.
1: Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. So now it's like getting to be day of and basics, basic first aid, uh, self-care kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. hydrate. <laughs> have yes. you Have you had a drink? Have you had some food? You know, how's your blood sugar level feeling? Yeah. Uh, all that kind of good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, protein is going to be involved in this process as well. And, uh, so for me, I really, I really have gotten into this groove where I need, uh, I, I I like to eat cherries if like I tend to get tattoos in the summer. I don't know mm-hmm. why it's yeah. kind of actually the most annoying time of year to do it, but uh, <laughs> I like to eat cherries and watermelon and I like sushi and then I like a giant steak mm-hmm. like that's my tattoo routine i you yeah, dur- know uh, was... kind
1: of like before during and after yeah yeah yeah, way yeah. To go, exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> why that has happened that way, but that's uh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. it's true though. You do want to keep your iron up. I mean, even beforehand, uh, f- for a little while before the session, you know, um, get some red meat that week. It's probably a good, helpful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and bring some snacks with you. You know, uh, according to whatever protocols are in place at your yeah <laughs> at your studio. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So. Uh, during your tattoo, and even in like the very moments before, there might be some things that could help you out here, right? You might feel a little nervous, and maybe you want some er- herbal nervines, right?
0: Maybe you do. Maybe you do. I am. I am kind of a. Uh, I'm
1: kind of a. Spartan
0: kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, person. When I get tattooed, I'm like, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. No, I I took some kava before my last one.
0: It was yeah, fine. It was it was nicer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, You know, maybe if you do feel, though, you feel some anxiety rising, you feel some, you know, racing heart, maybe you reach for some mother war tincture, you Mm -hmm. feel some uh, rising anxiety in the in the butterflies in the stomach situation, then you get some catnip and, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, think about what happens to you when you feel nervous, (laughs) expect that that may happen and uh, bring some friends, you know.
0: Yeah, and, like, if you're the kind of person who gets a little nauseous at the beginning of your tattoo, mm-hmm. then some ginger is a great idea. And it's really easy to just have, like, even little ginger candies that you can sort of suck on, especially in the beginning, because it is kind of boosting. I know I just said not candy, but, like, <laughs> a little ginger candy in that moment is not what I'm talking about. Right. Um, this is, yeah. Yeah. Is... Like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but but that can also kind of boost blood sugar levels, keep you a little bit more stable during that initial process before the adrenaline kind of kicks in. Mm. Right. There's just that beginning phase where you're like, oh, OK, this was a good idea.
1: Yeah, it takes a minute. I mean, it's kind of like the adrenaline gets there and then you have to wait maybe 10 minutes or so for like cortisol to shift over. Yeah. And you're like, OK, yep. Now, the, and, I'm, now I'm kind of just grooving through this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Then you hit that point where you're just like, ah, oh, this is fine. This is not a problem
1: shifts in your endocannabinoid system are happening, yeah. you know, like all, yeah. all of this goes down, but yeah, it takes, takes a little, little moment to get you there, but, uh, that's no problem, right? You've got some herbal friends and look, if you, especially if you have those blood sugar fluctuations, maybe bring it as an electuary, you know, an electuary, yeah. uh, that's like er- herbal powder mixed into honey, suspended in kind of like a paste thing. But I mean, you could just get a little spoon and take some of that, get some blood sugar boost from the honey, mm-hmm. get some calming action from the herbs you've put in there. Uh, altogether, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're not uh really big advocates. Uh, I don't know, anti-advocates, perhaps for like, <laughs> uh, what what are some herbs I can take that are painkillers? I'll I'll go take that before I get my tattoo done. No, no, thank yeah, you.
0: I don't know. That's not my style. And I mean, I can maybe see where there might be times where that might be the thing. But I think um, I can't even think about. Like, what would be a good herb for that? Like, I just can't even...
1: It's going to be, like, the coridalis and and the, you know, pasque flower and things like this.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I think more it's going to be, like, just stay calm, you know? It will be over Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, So I'm more thinking about herbs that will help you stay calm because tattooing, I mean, you are, like, battering yourself with a needle for a long time. Like, it's going to hurt. (laughs) I, I... I don't think there's an herb that will stop that from hurting is what I guess I'm trying to say. Um, So I think it's maybe more effective to think about herbs that will help keep you calm. And I'm thinking about... People maybe who don't get tattooed very often, but have like something really meaningful that is Mm -hmm. important to them, like Mm -hmm. a mastectomy tattoo or um, something like that, where like this is not a super common experience. So they're not familiar with this type of pain and they're nervous about it, but also it's important Mm -hmm. to like to them emotionally. So, yeah, like stuff that can just help you stay calm and help you like... Stay in that parasympathetic space. Calamus could be really, really nice. Yeah. Keep you kind of more shifted towards that meditative space.
1: Yeah. Find some ways to breathe through it. Yep. Okay. Well, so you get through it, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, Drink what you need to drink. Go through. Have some food after. Get some protein in there, you know. Uh, But now it's aftercare time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so your your artist is going to have some suggestions for you. And then we have some suggestions for you also.
0: Yes. Um, so the first thing is it's got to stay clean. It's got to, got to, got to stay clean. Yep. Um, so just wash with soap and water. And listen, the whole theme of the aftercare section here is keep it super simple. Mm-hmm. So that starts right now. Just a Basic soap, like Dr. Bronner's unscented bar soap, you know, like Mm -hmm. something super simple. Um,
1: Yeah, I feel like their rose one is mild enough that it's not irritating either. But I I wouldn't go with, probably not like their peppermint, which is pretty... Ooh, pretty pepperminty.
0: <laughs> that would be very uncomfortable you know it would yeah. be very uncomfortable yeah, yeah um and and listen it is especially those first couple of days it's super uncomfortable to wash your tattoo and it's super important to do it you just have
1: to do it you, you have to you do it you have to touch it and you have to make the little circles and you have to ha- feel the texture and it doesn't feel good, but you got to keep it clean.
0: You got to keep it clean. Mm. So, um, But you're
1: not being obsessive about it. You're not like doing this every 20 minutes and drying the skin out and irritating it, right?
0: Right. Like 3 times a day. Um and I find it personally easiest to just get right in the shower, um and to use like water that is body temperature. Mm. And um you know, it, it, we have a like one of those spray handles for the shower because it makes it easier to wash our dog. Uh (laughs) Um, So if you have one of those, then that is is pretty ideal. Um, But to kind of be able to let the water run from higher up on your body so that it doesn't, like, hit the tattoo full force is what mm, I'm trying to get mm-hmm, at here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that, if jumping in the shower isn't a really good option, then, like, get a, a measuring cup or any kind of cup, really, and kind of pour it over gently so that you don't just have the full force of the water. Mm. It just feels nicer. Mm-hmm. Um and and the soapier you get your hands before you touch the tattoo, A, the safer, right? Because your hands are cleaner. But B, the gentler it will feel because the soap is like lubricating. So, yep, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, so when we think about uh, herbal tattoo care, a lot of times this is like the place, the, the moment in time when people are the most focused, <laughs> right? They're yeah. like, all right, 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 right after I get it. When it's still kind of bleeding and it hurts and everything, like that's when I want to get some. I'll 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 be cautious. I'll be cautious. I'll put a basic, gentle vulnerary salve on there. Right. I won't do anything crazy like put comfrey on because that would be too fast and that would cause problems. Okay. Yes. You are. You're doing. You're doing. You're pointing in the right direction. Um, (laughs) Right. We don't want to put comfrey on. It would be too fast uh, of a healing process and could potentially cause problems in the way that uh, the ink sets. Um, mm-hmm. or just the wound itself heals, mm-hmm. right? Uh, So we're not going to work with that. We're not going to find, like, the most potent, fast-acting, vulnerary herb in whatever your biosphere is. Right. Uh, and throw that all over there. <laughs> right. We are going to be a little slower about it. But hang on. What was this basic vulnerary salve you said? <laughs> yeah,
0: So, like, you know, a lot of people make tattoo care salves and sell them on Etsy or whatever with, like, sort of the standard... Vulnerary herbs like plantain and calendula and goldenrod and St. John's wort and even comfrey. I've seen ones with comfrey in them. And listen, you get to do what you want because uh, you are you and you are the one who gets to make decisions about your health. But me personally, I avoid every single one of those. Um, there are so many stories from so many herbalists about ruining their tattoos, even just with calendula. And I know there are also many, many stories from many folks who used this or that herbal salve and it was fine. But if you want my advice, keep it super simple because it's better. It, it, you don't actually need a bunch of herbs in there. Mm -hmm. Everybody's body heals at a different speed and, and even different parts of your own body heal at different speeds. Yeah,
1: plus the way people react to um, even a vulnerary salve, right? Uh, Not everybody's skin is the same skin. The the degree of response and turnover and underlying fluid movement and how much that influences the layers that have the ink suspended in them is going to vary from person to person. Mm -hmm. And from... Uh, you know, how deep does your particular tattoo artist dig (laughs) when they put the ink in and like lots of different factors are going to play in there. So we can see many success stories and be like, cool, that worked out for you. Um, But we don't actually need to involve these herbs that could potentially drive that. Like if you just work with even a a salve made with olive oil and <laughs> yeah. and uh, the the wax in it, you know, just a little with
0: bit beeswax, yeah.
1: You could do that. Um, we work with salves like that. Have a little bit of honey in there as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, making your own honey salve can be a little bit of uh, a tricky thing. So we're gonna put in the show notes here um, one that you can buy. Uh, I don't know mid size. Small company situation.
0: I, yeah, I, we've been working with their stuff for a really long time mm-hmm. and they've grown. Um, but it's uh, Medicine Mama's Sweet Bee Magic. And I don't know them. I just love their. It's really good stuff. Their honey salve. It's, yeah. it is amazing. And it doesn't actually have any herbs in it. It's just, it's just olive oil and, and bee stuff.
1: Bee stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honey. Funny, a uh, little, little bit of propolis is in there. Yeah. You know. A
0: little royal jelly. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's very very simple, and also honestly I avoid almost all herbs on a tattoo at all times. Um,
1: Well, this is like in primarily like in the first week, let's say.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, you, yeah I mean, once it's healed, fine, whatever. Right. But when I'm when I'm in that first and second week. Um, And especially the tattoos on my leg, they do take a little bit longer to heal. So Mm. even like kind of into the third week, the only herbs I ever work with are rose water, which is cooling and soothing and mildly antiseptic. Um, And then I will, I'll wash it with soap and water. And then I'll spray it with rose water because after you wash it in the beginning, it it's like, ow, 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 you know? Yeah. And so then I spray it with rose water for a minute and let that air dry. Um, and then I rub... Not to like
1: bone dry, not to like, yeah. itch, not to like itchy dry. No, 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 but, no, no. no. Yeah. Just
0: like, you know, I give it like three or four minutes to kind of absorb in. And then I just put on a thin layer of that, um, sweet bee salve and, and that's really it. Like... I might do a chamomile, a strong infusion of chamomile tea if I'm worried about a potential infection, mm-hmm. um, or maybe, um, a sage tea, at, like as a wash, mm-hmm. um, not in the salve, just as a wash and definitely not the essential oil, just like the tea. Yeah. Um, but mostly just rose water and a plain honey salve. And that's really it. And wash, 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 wash.
1: Yeah. Right. Right yeah and I mean, if you take the rose water and you spray it on and then you take uh like again just some plain good quality you know olive oil mm-hmm. uh and and lightly rub that on and apply that in there, it's sort of like making lotion on the spot, you know yeah. it's kind of like what you do on the face in the morning, yeah the
0: exactly, and you know when you get to that point in the healing process when you're switching from salve to lotion um Almost all lotions have alcohol in them or other preservative junk. And um, the alcohol is going to hurt. It's going to actually end up being drying and whatever. So I I don't use any lotion. Um, ideally, I would make my own lotion, but usually I don't have time. So what I just do is spray on the rose water and rub in some oil or spray on the rose water. And while it is still really wet, rub in some of that Bee Magic salve. Yeah, um, it's
1: not a it's not a wicked
0: thick salve, you know. No, it's, it's not.
1: It's not like you have to get a big glop and then like push real hard into the tattoo to no, move it around. It's a, it's
0: a nice soft <laughs> salve. Yeah,
1: and and if you do want to make a salve, um, again like a plain simple one, or maybe even to make a, a salve with something like lard or with lanolin, mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes these animal oils can feel a little more soothing on this particular uh, type of irritated tissue.
0: They absorb into skin better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, whatever. But, um, you can make a lot of different nice ones. But the key here is just keep it super, super simple. Yeah. Um, you can, if you want to involve herbs in your healing process, drink them as tea. Um, but I, I just keep it really simple on the surface of my skin. I trust my body to do its job. Um, I drink a lot of ginger chamomile after a tattoo. Um, I drink a lot of Tulsi. I drink a lot of nettle. Um, again, super nourishing stuff. I don't go straight for the like, uh, you know, poke and, you know, whatever the most strong lymphatic stimulant is, because again, I don't really want to be, I want, I want everything to stay in the Goldilocks zone, mm. and I want to trust my body to do that instead of me trying to push that around. So instead, I stick with drinking tea that is nourishing and really supportive mm-hmm. and relaxing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Take it easy. Mm-hmm. Right? Rest up. All right. Uh, Well, so actually, let's shift uh, time frame a little bit and think about long-term care because it matters. (laughs) Mm. You know, uh, it's actually important that after you're, you know, quote, fully healed, um, that you still give a little bit of extra attention to the spots that got tattooed.
0: You know, it turns out that fully healed um, takes longer than you think. Mm -hmm. It takes longer than you think. Mm. It might be several months. It might be as much as even a year that you still have a little sensitivity there. And that, that's okay. Um, That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your body or that you're like not healthy and not healing well. It means that you got stabbed with a jillion needles and Mm. it takes a minute for your body to really fully heal that. So. Yeah.
1: It it can vary, you know, probably with, with constitution and mm -hmm. (laughs) and like uh, your skin, your skin type and uh, texture and everything. Um, For me, like Most of the places that I've got tattooed, the skin is pretty much permanently drier than the tissue around it, um, even a little bit tighter. That kind of tracks with my constitutional tendencies anyway. It's just a little (laughs) exacerbated right there, you know? Yeah. Um, So that may be the way that this plays out um, for other people. But I think that uh, providing the kind of skin care that your skin usually needs, but a little extra (laughs) Mm. to your tattoo spots, makes sense. So for me, that's like I need to... Uh, make sure that I put on some of that. Actually, that same honey salve um, <laughs> is what I like to to put on for moisturizer. Um, yeah, just, just a, for
0: general skincare. Just a, a thin mm-hmm. layer,
1: but it's always like, oh, yeah, a little bit extra on the compass with all of the herbs in it and a little bit more over here on this one. And,
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: um, that's just become necessary to, to take care of them.
0: Yeah. Um, protecting your tattoos from the sun is, set, like, uh, it's so hard. um. You know, especially as herbalists, a lot of us are people who like to spend a lot of time outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I admit that I do just go ahead and tan over my tattoos. Um, I My brother puts sunscreen on every single tattoo every time he goes outside for years and years and years. And he doesn't ever really get very tan and his tattoos are brighter. And I just tan over my tattoos and my tattoos are not as bright, but Mm -hmm. not a new tattoo for the whole first year. I cover that tattoo. Anytime I go outdoors, even if it's cloudy Mm -hmm. with clothing, I don't, I don't use sunscreen. I don't like it. It's, I just don't like it. Um, And so what that means for me is I like, I have to wear clothing, long sleeves, long pants, long, whatever, like clothing that will cover that tattoo every time i go outside even though it's a pain in the butt because oh getting a sunburn on a on a new tattoo even if the definition of new is 8 months old yeah that's no good that is really uncomfortable
1: yeah, yeah. Give it that first year to really heal up well uh, and thoroughly. Give it a little extra love during that time. Mm-hmm. You uh, can tan and then, later. <laughs> and then yeah, and then after that, remember that like you're not you're not breaking a cosmic rule if your uh, if your tattoo fades a little bit or it gets a little blurry over time.
0: Look, they're going to they're gonna I, do that. Uh, you know, the
1: the rest of you may do that
0: also. It's... Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we say this with love, you know.
0: Yeah, and hey, you know your tattoo your t- tattoo artist will appreciate it because it just means that in a few years, you'll just go and, uh, ask them to do a touch up and Mm -hmm. they'll appreciate your dollars.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right. Well, those are some thoughts for you. Um, feel free to reach out uh, if you want to share any experiences or or anything like that with us. We always love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll be back next time with some more holistic herbalism podcasts until then take care of yourselves, take care of each other,
0: take care of your tattoos
1: nice.
0: (laughs) And uh, drink some tea. Drink some tea. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye.